but very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. And I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the, uh, what is this? <laughs> uh, the 12th episode of the War Cry Podcast. I'm your host, Yehola Tiger. Just ch- just chilling, you know, on a, on a uh, dare I say, brisk morning, noon, whatever time it is. But um, I appreciate everybody, guys, everybody listening. Like I said, we hit 1K in total audio listens, which that's amazing. Um, the next goal is obviously 2,000 and 3,000. Let's see see if we can get up to to, to 10K. That'd be awesome. Um, so. This is going to be the first episode in a double episode kind of rollout that I'm that I'm doing for this week. Um, so this is episode twelve. So the, on this episode, we're going to be talking about Mike Woolley and his famous Bigfoot encounter. Um, I'm also going to tell you know different stories and, and and things that's happened to myself or, or family members and and people like that, or stories that I've heard from people telling me and and so. Where this story takes place, um, and I cannot for the life of me, and I tried to look this up, and I can't find it, I want to say it's in the Carolinas area, Tennessee, North Carolina, that area. Um, so Mike Woolley um, had been hunting this this part of land for, you know, you know a, a while, but he only had hunted it. I mean, he had, he had over the course of a span of years, he's hunted this thing, but he's only hunted it like five times in total. And he usually, when he does hunt this, he does it usually in the morning times. Well, then he had some stuff come up on this day, and I want to say the date that he went out for, on his encounter was like maybe in February, I believe. Anyways, but uh, so he had some stuff that he had to do. During the day, so he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and hunt in the evening time," which he's never done at this property. Well, on this property, there's only one way in, one way out, and the road is one of those old logging roads that's very, very narrow. And when you go to a certain point in the road, there's only one one spot where you can turn around, uh, especially if you're in like in a big truck. And unfortunately, Mike Woolley was in a big truck um, that day. So every time that he hunted that property, he always at that at that little turnout spot, he would basically turn around and back his truck all the way back up until the end of the road. And you know, he was kind of not really expecting anything, especially in the evening times cuz you know, he he didn't really think that, you know, he would get anything because it was rut, rutting season. Like you know, things like I said I'm not a deer hunter or anything, but like you know, he in that area, he he noticed that you know in the evening times it was more kind of tough to get something. Well, so he he goes down there, backs his truck up, and he gets out, and he had this kind of this uh, tree stand that basically it was like two poles into the ground, and it was like a tri like a, a triangle basically. So uh, it kind of wrapped around the tree, but it was like next to the tree, and basically the stand, you know, about ten foot off the ground. Um, and with a ladder and all that stuff. So, like, 
one of those more kind of older school like type of deer uh, stands. And so he's sitting there and he's probably, he's been there maybe five minutes and he notices a doe come up like, like running like really fast and, he, and is underneath the deer stand. And he looks down and he realizes that the deer was sweating. Like it was just run, it was like wore out. Like just, it had been being chased for a while. And he saw the sweat and the, the, the doe was panting. And he thought that was kind of strange. But then he also kind of realized too, like I said, I mentioned before, it was, run, it was running season. You know, and so they kind of, he's kind of like, ah, oh, well maybe there was a big buck after her. Or maybe there was multiple bucks after her. So he's sitting there and he's kind of looking and all of a sudden he hears... And it was almost like a, he called it almost like a freight train, but kind of, uh, you know, like something was bull, like coming their way through, you know, through the thick brush. And the path that, so there's a path that gets to that, that, that stand, but like all around the path, it's all like really tall trees and briar, like really like four inch, you know, briar, like, uh, stickers or, you know, the, he said, basically, if any man went through there, he'd be all cut up and be in bad shape. And So he looks up, and he sees this black kind of shape making its way. You know, it's hiding kind of behind this little small tree. And so he's looking. He's like, what the, you know, what the hell is that? You know, like, what's, what is that? And he didn't think to look through his, through, through his scope, but he kind of was watching it, you know. And, and next thing he knows, this, this creature jumps literally no running start and this is how he explained it no running start it didn't you know it didn't use the tree to to you know bounce off he said it jumped 20 feet to the bigger to this bigger tree that was you know off to the off the way because this just game trail was kind of a wider game trail and it jumped to this other big really really big really big tree and he's like we're sitting here watching this thing do this well, the doe is still underneath the tree, and the whole time, you know, this, by the way, this counter lasted about 15 minutes, and what, to me, what kind of gets me kind of kind of spooked out was when he finally decided to pull the scope up, what he saw was basically a, a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and when he put his, his scope on the face of this thing, he said it looked human, like it looked legitimately human. And in his mind, he starts thinking of like, okay, is this feral people? Like, did the circus get out? You know, <laughs> like the circus, like, that's so funny. I always hear that, like, kind of excuse where, oh, you know, it's just the circus. You know, the, you heard about those monkeys that got loose? Like, all right. But, um, but yeah, he started going through it. And he's like, well, you know, it, he said, let me, let me take a better, let me really hone in on this thing because he was going to shoot this thing because he wasn't sure what it was, but he said it looked too human. And so he, he had kind of, like I said, he had uh, uh, really started scoping this thing out. And he, he, he was describing in the, in the interview, and then I've read an article about this, that the eyes were like solid black. Like there, he could barely see any white or if he couldn't remember if he could see any white, but it was basically black eyes on this thing. He said the nose, like the nose didn't, like looked human, like had a human looking nose. The teeth were kind of squared off, like, not like how chimpanzees have kind of like canine teeth. Like it was, it's like squared off, like how humans have, our, our teeth are. 
And he was like, man, this is, he's like, this might be really human. Like, I need to, like, I don't want to shoot this thing if it tries to attack me because, you know, I could go to jail for murder. He's real kind of contemplating. Well, at the time that he was using the scope, this thing started growling at him. And it was like a, like a, he, he equated it to like if five lions were like, you know, it, it, the African lions were, you know, growling at him and kind of, you know, using their uh, kind of the infrasound type, you know, stuff that they, that those animals use. He said it felt like a wind hit him and it kind of disoriented him. And he said that he kind of, in his mind, it felt like time slowed down. And he could, he was really almost like it was like everything was still, but he was still moving at normal, you know, speed. And he said that this thing was growling and you could see its teeth. It kept showing its teeth like a, like, you know, like a chimp would do, like when it does, like its nose, like crinkles his nose, it kind of starts showing his teeth and he said it had squared off teeth. So then he started looking at the body and the body was completely covered in hair and he, uh, he basically just saw the broad shoulders and it said it looked like a human head with a gorilla body. And this part of this, this part of the story is literally not as a nightmare for me. Like, so out of nowhere, he hears this whistle and I've heard, I've had family members tell me about this whistle. You know, I've, I, you know, I've heard this whistle when I'm out in the woods and it's not like a whistle, like a, a sharp one. It's like a faint whistle. It's really kind of like it. It carries the the wind carries the whistle through the woods, and he he heard that, and he kind of looked over to his you know off kind of behind him, and he's like, "Where did that whistle come from?" Like that sounded like I've heard that before. All while this thing is in front of him, he looks and he's like I said he's he kind of looked and then he looked back at the scope and this thing's eyes moved kind of off to the right, so it'd be yeah so off to the it's left but his right. And he's like, okay, what was that? And all of a sudden, hit the thing, like the creature whistled back to, like whistled back to wherever that was coming from. And he's like, oh no, he's like, what is this? Like a like he started really kind of thinking, like, man, are they could communicate with each other. Like, what's you know, what's going on with that? Like, there's got to be, there's another one. And when he goes, kind of like looks back and he looks back into the scope, that one that whistled back to the the whistle was smirking at him. And it had this look like, you're in trouble, buddy. Like, it's over for you. And he said literally this thing was smirking at him. Like, he said he couldn't believe it because it was like, it, it, like it knew like it had the upper hand. And it was going to get him. I got goosebumps telling that because, man, I can imagine just being up in that tree stand and seeing that thing. And it's, and it's looking at you like, like, you know, like if Michael Jordan was looking at you and you're down 35 points. And Scottie Pippen and Kobe Bryant were all on the same team. Shaq were all on the same team. And you're like, dang, like, it's over for me. You know, like, they about to really beat me down. But, like, he said that, like, this thing just kept smirking at him. And he said it's real sinister. Like, it was, like, it was, like, like if you're looking at, like, uh, something that's real hungry. You know, like, if you're real hungry, you're looking at something, you're like, man, I'm about to tear that up. And he said it, it looked like that for a little, like for the basically the entire time. So then it whistles again. And all of a sudden, he hears movement behind him. So he's in this tree stand, uh, his back is against the tree. And behind him, he could hear faint, like it was two steps. And it wasn't like it was coming fast. It was like it was, like it was sneaking up on him. 
And so this thing is trying to distract him by smirking and kind of like taunting him so this one behind him can get him. And so Mike, Mike is like, well, all right, I think it's time for me to try to make a, make a run for it. So he gets down that, down that stand, and he's running basically back to his truck through this little trail. And when he does that, this, this creature that was in front of him takes off into the brush, into the briars. And it's literally within 50 feet of him. And I forgot to mention this. This whole encounter is about 15 yards away. So basically, he almost a first down in football. That's not that far. And so this thing, he kind of goes off and juts off into the tra- path, getting back to his truck. This thing goes into the briars, and it's mowing trees down, ripping trees up, and it's mowing. And he says that he can literally feel how close this thing is. And he gets to his truck, or he, he's about to his truck, and he realizes, like, if I try to get my keys out of my pocket, open the door, unlock the door, or I lock the door, open the door, start the truck. This thing's going to bust through the thing and get me. So he takes a pop shot, just trying to, you know, maybe distract it or something. And so he shoots, and this thing, and it literally, this thing was probably about eight foot tall. He shot about seven foot, and it was about three feet away from that thing's face. And when he shot the, the, the tree, it almost was like an explosion of dust in this thing's face. And because it was a real old, old oak tree. And so they take off, and he, or he takes off, and he gets to the truck, and he takes off, and he's, you know, going, like, smoking out of there, like, just going crazy, like, making sure he got out of there. And out of his rearview mirror, he saw one hand try to grab the, the, the tailgate, like it was going to climb in the truck, but luckily it missed. Like, you could see, he said he could just see the fingers kind of like it was trying to grab it, but he took off, and it missed. And so he said as he was, you know, kind of taking off around the curve, because this is like I said, it's a, it's a straight shot, but there's a curve toward when you get towards the end of it. He said he almost got to the curve and he could see there was another one. There was another one. And he had no idea it was right behind him the whole time. And that was the one that was, he thinks that was the one that was trying to get into the truck, at the back of the truck. And he got out of there and and people asked him, you know, it's one thing too that I, like when I listened to the interview, uh, and he, you know, he talked to some Eastern Eastern Band Cherokees about this, and basically they said that in those area, in that area, you know, those Sasquatch, they they the Eastern Band believes that they um, can speak Cherokee and that they look Cherokee. And he did it like over the over the course of the years, he's done like artist sketches, and he's taken it to these different tribes, often like kind of on that you know, in that area. And they're like, yeah, that's, that looks Cherokee. Like there's, there's some Cherokee blood in there. <laughs> there ain't someone out here wilding out in the, in, in the, in the, in the, in the words of Tyler Randall, Bigfoot's wild weekend part nine. Nah, <laughs> but, uh, uh, or Omaha in that cave. <laughs> Primal rage. Nah, but, uh, but nah, but yeah. So they said that they looks kind of Cherokee. And so I was like, man, that's, it's kind of crazy, you know, that he's he has kind of reached out to some tribes and he's told the tribes these stories. Well, he, you know, kind of goes to other Bigfoot researchers and they said, well, no, nah, they were just bluff charging you. They were, you know, and he tries to tell these people like, no, nah, these things, this thing tried to kill me. It tried to eat me. Like, no, nah, these, these things were not playing. Like, they were not doing no trying to get you out of the area. Like, no, nah. he said they were coming for me. 
And he thinks it all started. What what started the the interaction with him doing that was him when he pointed his rifle at him to, to look into the scope. And so you know that's a famous Bigfoot story that's been around for you know a while. I think that happened in the '90s. But Mike Willie didn't really want to come out and say anything about it because you know how people are when you tell stories. Sometimes or you know they don't believe you or you're crazy or. You know, but a lot of the stuff that he talks about, a lot of people have have, have had those experiences um, with with this creature. Um, I mean, I've heard stories. You know, I mentioned on the Navajo Ranger episode that you know they were beating on the doors and they're beating on Brenda Harris's doors and trailer and you know, and they kind of you know, and they they do things like that. And you know, a story that comes to mind that was told to me not here recently from uh, my parents. Uh, kind of reminds me of you know kind of what that could be or what what you know what something is. But my mom is not. My mom is was born and raised in the country. She that's all that's basically all she knows. And she's been out in the woods, you know, all you know her entire life and messing around and and she said the only time that well, like I, I'm pretty spooked out at my parents' house. Like there's some there's some weird things out there. And my mom's not really, she like says, she always likes to think, you know, oh, it could be this, could be that. Well, one night, my dad uh, was watching TV and he was in the, the living room. And how the live there, so the, you have the living room and then right behind the couch is the back door that goes to the, the pasture. And it goes back out to the woods. Well, on the, on the right hand side, I'm, I think I've told this story before on uh, Unsolved Mysteries of the, of the Reservation, but... Off to the right, there's these these woods, and there's a big old tree that you know you can see it out of all those woods. That's right against the fence. One night she was you know she was laying there, and I, I think I was out of the house by that point. And they never told me this story. I guess maybe kind of creeped me out, but she uh, she was laying there watching TV, about to go to bed, and she said she thinks she she saw some someone looking into the trying to look into the the, the window of the door so basically when you go out the back door there's another door and then you step further out and then that's the the tree line well there's a door there's two doors which is, i don't know why they did that but there's two doors that lead into my parents room and then into the living room and they look and she says she looked and she said she saw someone it was someone big like really big like she could see the outline of this thing and it was monstrous and it was trying to look in on them or her, she screamed. My dad, he's like, "What's what's going on? There's somebody out there. Somebody out there." He went out there, and there was nobody there. And my mom always tries to say it was my dad. My dad was like, "No, nah, I was sitting down in the living room with the TV on and the light was on." So I, they do things like that, you know. I don't know what that was, but I was still, you know, they're always you know, messing around, you know, messing with me, didn't knock it on windows. But my dad is, he's kind of trickster like that, or kind of mess around, but. But these things do those, you know, those th- type of things. Like I've heard, you know, I've told the story before too, but I've heard, you know, a story about uh, my, my dad's best friend saw one one night um, out there where the, Cher- where the Cherokee Nation Casino is now, the big new nice one as you're coming into town on the right. There used to be a golf course out over there. And there was a road that went behind it. The road still goes behind it, I, I believe, or it's connected now. But, but yeah, there was, I mean, it was basically all just hills and, and it was an old golf course, and he saw something pass behind him, real big and hairy. And they do, they do, they do those things to your mind. 
you know, Mike Woolley did say, you know, he kind of, when they it grunted at him, kind of, you know, kind of hit him with something. They do those things to your mind. They, they, they scramble you. They kind of make you out of your, make you lose your mind. And I think that's a part of their, what they do is, you know, to, to stay kind of hidden and kind of stay protected is to do those things to people. And I, I know one of the biggest episodes I've, I've done um, is the Bigfoot in medicine. And, and if you, if you want to kind of hear some more about the kind of that side of it, check that episode out. It's episode two. It's called Bigfoot in medicine. But it's really interesting, though, that story about Mike Woolley, you know, him kind of changing things up. I and mean, that's usually how, uh, and that's one thing I, I, I notice about a lot of these stories that, you know, people tell or like when they see uh, Sasquatch is like they change the routine up. Like most times people go in the mornings and hunt or they'll go in the evening times and they stick to that. Um, but he didn't. And I thought that was real, you know, kind of interesting uh, when it comes to kind of where creatures have habit, but they are too. You know, they, they could be, that could be their, that could have been their hunting ground. That could have been that, that time of the day where they, they push game up through that game trail and, and get them. Um, but like I said, guys, um, I, this is going to be the first part of a two-episode drop. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can find me on, let's see here. You can find me on Twitter, too. I keep forgetting to drop my Twitter, but I don't really, I just basically just retweeting sports and stuff, but or OU football. And by the way, they will be back. They will be back. But uh, you guys can find me at OneManBand918 on, on Twitter. Um, the same handle for TikTok, OneManBand918. Um, on Facebook, Yehola Tiger. If you want to add me on Facebook, please send me a message. Tell me that you you listen to either Unsolved or Warcrop, and uh, I'll add you on Facebook. Uh, I've had a few people do that. I appreciate do- y'all doing that. And I appreciate you know people that listen to both podcasts because you know Unsolved Mystery just dropped uh, the Weeping Spirits. Um, and not weeping. I keep saying Weeping Spirits. It's Highway Ghost Stories and Highway Spirits. Um, I thought that was pretty good. There's some people talking about the Highway Nine and Dustin. Um, I know, I know some of y'all, some of y'all creeks got those got those stories. So um, if you got those stories, send them in. You know, I mean, I take audio, like just basically doing audio, like, hey, this is my story. My name is blah blah blah. I want to be anonymous, and then shoot it off, and then tell your story, send it over to me, and like I said, I I can put it into this podcast, or I can you know play it on the Unsolved podcast as well. So. Uh, yeah, send your stories in. I know um, Unsolved, uh, we are looking for um, college stories. So if you went to uh, NSU, I know I got some NSU stories. Uh, Bacone, uh, Haskell, IAIA. Uh, shoot, if you went to any type of college. Sequoia, Riverside, um, and Adarko. I know Darko got some stories. Um you know any of those old stories like that if you got them send them in but like i said guys i appreciate you listening in and i'll catch you on the next one